Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian, we are talking about the morality of contraceptives and family planning. And because we're two dudes, we brought in an expert. Fuller, you ready to get schooled? Let's go. interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hey guys, Mark here. So the episode you're about to listen to is all about family planning. And with that in mind, we talk about some very sensitive subject matters. Everything from from sex to contraceptions to, to natural ways to the, even the morality of contraception. So this is a great conversation and one that I think that everyone in the church needs to have the discussion moving forward. But we at least just want to give this little tag, this little warning that what you're going to hear on this episode truly is real talk. Back to the episode. Now back to our show. Fuller. What's going on, Mark? Dude, I am heavily caffeinated. Me too. Ready to get schooled, ready to have a conversation. Yeah, this it's is exciting stuff. This dude. is going to be an informative conversation that we're having with our special guest today, uh, because I had never heard of it until, and I mean, I, I've heard of like kind of the thoughts behind it, but I've never heard of actually this. And I'm not going to go into it yet because we're not. That's there. not our story to tell. No, 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 no. That's not our story to tell. Yeah, but so. so Fuller, you know, we always drink coffee, right? <laughs> dude, all always, time. always in our in our. Very beautiful RTC mugs. RTC mugs. Thank you, yes. Janelle. Thanks, Janelle. Thanks, Janelle, for our Christmas presents. But Fuller, are we drinking anything new? Nope. It's the same <laughs> Mexican high-grown uh, RTC coffee. That's what it is, man. But see, here's the kind of deal that I'm thinking, though, right? Because, you know, there was a while where we were, like, every episode was like, oh, we're doing Tim Hortons. We're doing, you know, Dancing Crane. We're doing Komodo blend. We're doing Ethiopian blend. We're doing this. We've been drinking the same stuff now for a while. That's because. But if it ain't broke, why do we need to fix it? That's because I made you like a pound and a half of it. And so that's what we drink right now. (laughs) It's true, bro. But yeah, I'm getting ready to roast uh, a bunch more tomorrow. And I I, I think I'm going to do a a couple different kinds for us so we have some variety. Any uh, of that Jamaican stuff you talked about last episode yet? I am probably going to get that in the next couple of weeks. It's expensive, man. Well, get a job. (laughs) I have a job. What we need, what we need is some patrons. <laughs> That's that we, we do. We do. I've been uh, a little preoccupied with some stuff in the personal life to, just, to, just to work things. on some things. But uh, yeah, you know, all the fun things. So so we're drinking the normal stuff. Normal the stuff. Classic stuff. The RTC coffee. The RTC coffee. Um, I'm on our... Uh, on our iTunes page right now for the podcast, and we still only have four people who have written in. Mama Yates, Mama Yates still hasn't done. reached out yet. What's up, Mama Yates? Come on. And I should say I haven't checked yet, but Mama oh. Yates is not really. Watch, she she really hasn't. She really has. She's like, where's, like crap. where's my RTC mini swag bag? Uh, uh whoops. Uh, COVID is shutting down everything so no, mark just dropped the ball mark just dropped the ball it, it happens a lot that's okay that's why i need an assistant but but either way we do want to say thank you to marissa ladd jag cripe coco the housewife and mama yates for actually taking the time out of their day to write us a review thank you so much and we encourage other people to do it because here's the deal we produce it free yeah it's all at our cost check. it's all at our cost and all we want you to do is leave a review and here's why it helps us get into the ears of other listeners. Right. And we don't want to get into the ears of other listeners because we are the best, even though we... Well, let's face maybe, it. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, the best do what the best do. Maybe, but, maybe the best know. podcasters in South Side of South Bend. <laughs> <laughs> on the corners of... Uh, on the corners of... York and Jackson... Uh, no, York and Ireland. Yeah, there you go. I'm so used to saying Jackson, Miami, because where the church is at. Right. But but either way, dude, we have a fun conversation in store. So Fuller, what are we talking about, bro? Man, we are talking about femme. <laughs> Feminine. No, just uh, I don't remember. Flem? Like <sighs> no, F E M M. It's an acronym, and we'll let our guest Sarah Nass explain what it is. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's good to be here. You're joining us from where? Uh, just on the west side of Cleveland, Ohio. What? Oh, like, wait, hold on a second. So, what what suburb are you in? 
Uh, we're in Illyria. <laughs> okay. See. Yes, Fuller, I actually do of know. Of course you would know that, Mark. <laughs> well, we did a mission strip out in Cleveland, dude. That's true. Well, I forgot we need about it. We, we were out there at Grantwood Community Church in... Um, Oh, what was that little local community? I don't think it's like their their address is in Cleveland. Oh, Parma. They're out of Parma, okay. Ohio. So right there outside of Cleveland. So sure. that awesome. might be on the other side though. I don't so, know. But either way, Sarah, so you're from the west side of so, Cleveland. So you're you're that living is, in Cleveland now. Have you always lived in Cleveland? I have not. So we actually uh my husband is originally from the Cleveland area, but we just moved back uh, about three years ago now. Mm, okay. So, now, now this is me a asking. Bit of everywhere before that. Yeah, so move back from from where? So we before that, um, Brian and I, my husband uh, and I, were in Columbus, Ohio, uh, which is Central Ohio. Mm-hmm. And before that, we were in um, Chicago, where we were both at school. And um, before that, I was in Indiana, and then Arizona and Colorado. So a little <laughs> you've been, bit of you've been everywhere. Yeah, you're you're just a nationwide traveler. Sure. Nationwide is on your side. You, and, and we're dancing around it, but but uh, Sarah, you and Fuller have been friends for a long time. We have, yeah. Yeah. Yep. We, it's been since, like, I don't know, our freshman year of high school or something. Something. Yeah. Maybe. Was it? Oh, did you guys skip the awkward junior high stages together? I, yeah. I don't remember Here's how. Open. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really. Well, I mean, my little brother, we caught his years together. We did. Those were, those were precious times. What what, what was your precious. what was your guys's nicknames for each other? You and Zach. Uh, he was Pepper, and I was Salt. There you go. Yeah, I feel like this is a story that I want to hear at another time because I'm really <laughs> curious now. I will. I would gladly tell you that story. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Sarah, why, why don't you, uh, I mean, we want to know, our listeners definitely want to know a little bit more ab- about you. Um, you know, we know you live on the west side of Cleveland now, um, yeah. but how long have you been a Christian? You know, kind of give us a little background on your story. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I was born in Arizona. Uh, my parents were missionaries um, at a, um, like just off of the Navajo reservation at a Christian school out there. And so ever since I was two days old, I've been in church and just, uh, my parents really invested, um, in my life of just the importance of, um, the community of believers, but even more than that, just, um, understanding the gospel. And so, um, I remember every Sunday, um, during Sunday school, I would go forward to like ask Jesus back into my heart because I knew that I had been sinful the week before. And this (laughs) was like when I was three and four years old, like I was young, young still. And then one Sunday, my Sunday school teacher like pulled me aside and said, Hey, let me explain a little bit more about this. Like you don't need to keep (laughs) asking Jesus into your heart. And so, um, I was four years old when that happened, but I vividly remember her just taking the time out of, um, like her lesson and all of that to pull me aside and just explain a little bit deeper. And so then I was baptized when I was six and um, really ever since that have just been, have just been growing through vacation Bible school or um, youth camps and retreats um, and all of that. So, um, so yeah, I've been a Christian a, a long time um, and I'm blessed by that. I'm so thankful um, and just saw a lot of growth throughout my teen years and, um, and college years and all of that. So, um, I ended up, um, I was homeschooled. That's how I know homeschoolers. Um, Yeah. Uh, but I ended up going to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, um, and studying ministry. Um, it was actually, my, um, major was women's ministry and biblical exposition, which is a fancy way of saying preaching essentially. Um, and so graduated from there in 2011. Um, I met my husband while I was there. Um, my husband Brian. Um, he's a youth pastor. So there's my whoop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we are uh, both heavily involved in ministry ever since we graduated. Um, and yeah, he's a youth pastor now, and um, I'm currently teaching Bible at a local Christian school. Oh, wow. And. I can't neglect to mention our uh, little guy, Mylan. He's two and a half, and uh, we have one 
that's due here in a couple weeks. So a little girl. The oven timer is just about off. <laughs> it is. Yep. We're so we're we're blessed to have you oh, because yeah. you could have gone into labor like ten minutes ago. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Maybe in 10 minutes, I will. We don't know. Oh, let's... Jesus, Jesus, give us an hour. Jesus, give us an hour. But there's a part of me that also wants to be like... That would be great for ratings. <laughs> like, right, not that, not that I say I want to, but... I'd be like, Sarah, stay on the podcast and, and keep talking about this while you're, you know, delivering. This would be great. Just keep breathing, Sarah. Keep talking. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we ain't done we'll yet. We'll be your coach. <laughs> oh, you do dear. not want... Okay. You do not want... Yeah, yeah not yeah, at oh, all. Oh, dear yeah. was the correct yes, response yes, it to was. that one. But you guys have had multiple kids, right? So I'm sure it'd be great. Um, well, 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 well. <laughs> we have not had multiple no. kids. We have well, supported no. the people who have had multiple kids <laughs> as we will discuss later we were the seed planters we did not water and we did not grow and we did not deliver we just planted the seed right. corn <laughs> i see what you did there that yeah. was that was wonderful yeah that's how a little that's, hoosier that's what we did all right well let's um let's dive into this topic a little Since bit we now, already now kind of opened that door yeah we, we've already <laughs> set the pretext here uh, so what is fem yeah, so FEM stands for, as you mentioned earlier, it's an acronym. It stands for Fertility Education and Medical Management. And basically, it's an organization that just wants to help um, help women kind of feel empowered to know what's going on in their bodies and with their hormones and be able to do a couple different things with that. Um, one would be um, like family planning in a natural sense, mm-hmm. and then... One would be like if there's some kind of hormonal imbalance that they figure out that they would be able to help um, in a more natural way, like balance and regulate the hormones. And so when you say natural way, you mean like without birth control, neuvering, any of that stuff, right? Exactly. Yep. So the basis of FEM is tracking a woman's cycle. So um, all, I mean, it's typically about Um, 28 to 30 days roughly of her cycle and just figuring out there's different biomarkers that we look for um, in the woman and just um, really figuring out like are her hormones pretty regulated and if they are it's actually fairly simple once you know the method um, to figure out um, the few days that you're fertile versus the rest of the the time when you're not fertile and be able to to plan your family accordingly. Um, so yeah, it's just an interesting and yeah, like by all natural, that's exactly what it is. There's no hormones, no um, like outside um, things that they're it's introducing into the body, nothing like that. So it's all based on these biomarkers that are already present in our body, and just learning to identify those and chart them so that we can kind of figure those things out. Mm. I don't want to lose our male listeners here. Uh, (laughs) if you are a male listener and you're like, I do not want to hear this. You need to hear it. Especially if you ever plan on becoming a parent and being obviously being married is a pretext in all all of our opinions, but so um, Eli, you listening still, bro? Eli Jagger, uh, (laughs) all all you guys that are younger and thinking about it, Stay. I want to keep your attention here. This is some good information that I wish I would have had back when I was 17, 18, 19. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there for our male listeners that uh, this is some important stuff if you ever plan on being married. <clears throat> but uh, so I, I'm just kind of curious, how did you get involved with, with FEM? Yeah, so uh, I was working at a pregnancy help center in Columbus uh, while well, we lived there and, uh, pregnancy help center being one that, um, you know, if someone's facing a, a crisis pregnancy or feels overwhelmed with her, um, pregnancy, she would come to us. We would, uh, do a lot of free services and then connect her with, uh, free resources in the area. And so one of the things that we really wanted to do there was help educate women so that we wouldn't be necessarily this, um, just revolving door of Mm -hmm. women coming in for services and leaving and then coming right back, you know, the next year or in a couple years or whatever, um, with this, a similar situation. And so we really wanted to empower women to understand their body better and know, um, you know, just how to, um, kind of, um, naturally 
help plan um, for for their families and that kind of thing. And so we were introduced to FEM. I was introduced to FEM through my work there. Mm-hmm. And um, they. I first took the class as a um, like learning it, just wanting to know more about it right. and um, utilize it in my own life. And then I realized it was one that I could learn how to to present and become an educator for it. And so I took that next step as well. Clinic of Femme in Columbus. So it was a great resource to be able to, um, to just have that, that medical clinic there and be able to point people in their direction. So, um, that was about, um, probably five or six years ago when I became certified as a femme educator. And I've just been able to um, share it with a lot of different women now and families. I mean, um, some couples have taken it together, which is awesome. Um, and so just being able to, to share that with a lot of different people now. Hmm. That's, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Uh, so do you enjoy being a femme educator? I mean, obviously you would if you took that next step and have uh, continued on with it. Uh, what's some of the more difficult challenges uh, as that you find you face being a femme educator? Yeah, I, I definitely enjoy it. It's, um, if I could make it a full-time job, I probably would, but, um, but I love meeting with couples. Um, a lot of couples decide to do it either soon after they're married or just before they're married. Hmm. Um, because they just hear a lot about, um, traditional birth control or hormonal contraception and they want, they know there has to be a better option. Um, so that's been awesome. Um, the challenges are definitely when, um, like a woman doesn't have a very consistent cycle. So mm-hmm. then you have to really kind of like hone in and focus in and um, try and figure that out. Uh, whereas a woman who has a very healthy, like pretty easily um, deciphered cycle, that makes my job easier. But um, but I, we definitely want to work with the women that that's not the case as well and be able to help them out. Okay. So what are some of the... Um the dangers that we see, um, with like a, a, like, um, like a birth control or an IUD or, Mm -hmm. um, some of these other methods that are out there? Yeah, that's a great question because I think that's a question that a lot of people have, or maybe, um, should have, right. Because there, there are a lot of different things and just in general, the way that hormonal contraception works. Um, and this is true of, whether you're talking about the pill or the mini pill or the IUD, any of those um, would be would be considered hormonal contraception, and they all work in essentially the same way. So, the way that works is um, kind of threefold, and so um, essentially each method of birth control is decreasing all of the natural hormones that are in a woman's body and supposed to be in a woman's body. Mm-hmm. And it's replacing them with all kinds of different levels of these synthetic hormones. Um, and so what that's, what that does then in the woman's body is um, it thickens her cervical mucus mm-hmm. to help prevent conception. Um, then it prevents ovulation, which um, therefore would prevent conception right. essentially. And then it thins her uterine lining, um, which prevents implantation after conception. And this is where um, I think for a lot of Christians, um, this would pose a big problem with um, with hormonal contraception. So this last um, this last one of thinning the uterine lining, which prevents implantation. So it prevents a fertilized egg from implanting into the endometrium. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, that's essentially an abortifacient. So, and, and that sounds like a really strong term to use for this, but I mean, every science agrees, like once the egg is fertilized, um, that's conception, like that's the moment of conception. Right. And so, um, if life begins at conception, then any, any amount of um, like interfering in that is essentially an abortifacient. And so um, potentially aborting that life. And so 
Um, I mean, we see in scripture just how um, in the, in Psalm 139, um, it talks about like, I, I knew you, I formed you in the womb, right? And then um, science even talks about that, um, that human life begins at the sperm egg fusion. And um, that's really now universally accepted as a scientific fact. And mm. so, um, so for me, when I realized that function of birth control, um, that's when I realized there has to be something better. There has to be a different way um, to successfully plan for a family um, and be wise about it, but not utilize um, something that could be aborting a life. And not not to cut you off, Sarah, I just want to remind our listeners, too, we kind of talk about that a little bit in episode 33 with personhood theory. Right. And this is why it's important asking the question of when does, you know, life begins here, but when do they become a person? That's now the argument that that scientists are having. Right. Um, so if you want to go back, and listen to that. That's episode 33. Um, but Sarah, let me ask you this, though. So so you talk about that. These are all the different functions of birth control. Um, are these all I should say this different birth controls do different things, right? So essentially, they're all doing those three things. They do all three together. Um, okay. Correct. Yep. I believe there's one, if this is, I've looked this up a couple years ago. If this is still true, there is one birth control that potentially would not do that third step. But that could have changed as well. I would have to review that again. But um, but essentially, they're all acting in those three ways that I just mentioned. So for the Christian then, and I guess this is where a lot of the conversation comes, because in the Protestant circles, um, I don't know if this is talked about. I think it's just assumed that birth control is what you do to control, you know, family plan, different things like this. I know, um, at least this is my own understanding, that that femme and or just the natural cycles is very, very big in the Catholic Church mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. of not yeah. using these different things. So I guess my question, though, is then, like, where did birth control come from? Why do we have it? Why do Christians just blindly accept it? Yeah, that's that's a huge question too, because um, I don't know if you all are familiar with uh, Margaret Sanger. She was um, the founder of what became Planned Parenthood, um, but she had previously, she had opened um but like prior to 1950, a few years prior to 1950, she had opened uh, the first birth control clinic, mm -hmm. um, which later became Planned Parenthood. And she um, underwrote research for the first human birth control pill. And um, in 1960, this first birth control pill was approved by the FDA. Um, and then in 1968, the first IUD was approved. Um, but then in 1970, um, actually, some feminists challenged the safety of birth control. And um, oh, wait, wait. So back up. So way, feminists were the ones right. who called it out. Okay, that's I wasn't expecting yeah, to hear that. Yeah, me either. Right? <laughs> yeah. So they called it out and said, "Look, I don't. We don't know that this is actually safe and um, and actually helpful to women." And so, um, and kind of a I don't know if you would call this a fun fact, but um, you like. Way back around that same time, they tried a male version of a birth control pill. And I've heard of that, yeah. Say that again? I said, yeah, I've, I've heard of that, actually. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So they tried this um, to market this male version of a birth control pill, and uh, the men were saying, no, this has terrible side effects. We don't want to deal with this. And so they cut that off. You know, they didn't they didn't continue producing that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um and then, but the, but the women were still taking it, like essentially a, a very similar version of it with similar side effects and all that. And so um, just interesting um, kind of how it started out with uh, Margaret Singer, because she um, is, is now pretty widely known as a eugenicist, mm -hmm. um, that she really kind of started that to um, decrease certain populations and um, in order to make sure like, other populations continued. And, and, so, and when you say populations, just so we're clear, it was genetic or not, no, no, racial, racial groups, right? Correct. Right. Right. Racial and also um, like economic standing right. had um, a, a certain part in that as well. But 
Uh, but yeah, mostly it was a, a racial issue. And so um, that's a big problem, obviously. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, um, and then if, as we look at side effects, there are all kinds of different side effects um, that are, are prevalent with um, uh, hormonal contraception. Um, some of those being uh, mood swings. Um, some are, I um, actually ha- know someone who um, right after, excuse me, right after she had her second child, she um, was rushed back to the hospital with terrible chest pain. Hmm. And the doctors found out she had a double pulmonary embolism and they what? caught it just in time. She, she survived. They were able to operate and, um, and they asked her like, were you on a hormonal contraception? And she said, yeah. And she's, and they said, well, that's probably the cause of these blood clots, um, that almost took your life. And so blood clots are a huge issue, um, with birth control as well. And then, um, yeah, just, I mean, there's, there's a, a wide gamut kind of depending on, uh, which one you're specifically taking. Um, but there's, there are some that are kind of a life or death kind of side effect. Hmm. And I don't necessarily want to play that game either, you right. know? Um, and I don't think women in general should, um, especially when there are other options out there. So let me, uh, <clears throat> we've talked about side effects, obviously, um, planning around cycles, there's really no side effect to that other than if you don't plan right, then mm-hmm. you may end up pregnant. Uh, Which all <laughs> children are blessings. So what's the, exactly. what's the success rate between using a FEM method compared to like a birth control method? I mean, we obviously yeah, know it's so, more dangerous to use birth control, but what's like the success for being able to, um, plan accordingly for your family? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So, um, so birth control is highly effective if you use it correctly. Um, and granted there's a little bit of, um, difference again, just in which specific kind you take. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it's like 98 to 99% effective. Um, now if you take, um, a certain, the certain pill that you have to take at a specific time, every single day, the effectiveness is going to drop if you don't follow those directions right. specifically. Right. User right? error. But, exactly. But, um, it's interesting because with FEM, if you learn the method and you practice it, um, consistently and effectively, uh, the, the success rate is essentially the same. So you can get, it's, I think between 96 and 99% uh, effective. Um, if you, you know, it, it takes diligence, um, to chart each day, but really it also takes about five seconds when you get used to it, um, to what you're charting and what you're looking for. So, um, so that's, that was super encouraging to me as well, just in learning about FEM because, um, because that's important. Um, you know, when you're thinking about, uh, just the responsibility that we have in, um, raising children and all of that. And so, um, so yeah, the, the um, effectiveness is actually pretty similar. So so let me ask you this then, Sarah. So if the effectiveness for both are, let's say, the same, why are people either A, still pushing birth control, and then B, why are people still using it? Yeah, so I I think that's, I think there's there are a lot of reasons for that. One is that it's so widely marketed. Um, that I was the same way when I was in high school and kind of thinking toward college and thinking toward marriage. Eventually, I just thought that's what everybody did, right? Like you, when you are when you're engaged or getting married or whatever, you just start out on birth control, then you're good. When you want to have a kid, you get off. And it's also not always that simple. um, Because when you mess with your hormones, that can really mess with your ability to have children in the future. But that's another side effect. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, it's widely marketed and, um, it's just kind of what, what I always thought you did. And I didn't know about other options, excuse me. And so as I got to college, I actually did my, um, senior wellness presentation on different methods of birth control, um, how well they work, the side effects and all that. And that's when I really learned about more natural options, right? That there are other things out there that we can, that can work just as well without all of the negative side effects. And so I think it's, um, I think it's largely a marketing thing that people just don't always know about 
um, things like FEM and the natural family planning side, or they have a bad, like a bad representation of it, right? Because misinformation um, or lack thereof. Exactly. Right. Like when, um, I just think of like, like I thought of natural, when I first thought of natural family planning, I thought of, well, the woman with 12 kids telling me (laughs) that I should plan my family. That's really funny. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's, that's awesome. If that's, um, you know, what they're, what God has called them to do and all that. I, I do not bash that at all. Right. But I also thought, does it really work? Yeah. And so, yeah. So I just had to go through and do some research and just figure out like, okay, how, how does it actually work? I want to know the, um, kind of the, the background, the backstory of it and how it's working. And then once I learned that it totally made sense. And it, um, yeah, it's, I think once you, once you really learn, I think the incredible thing about natural family planning is when you really learn how God created your body to function and how, you can track along with it. Mm-hmm. Like that's incredible. It's incredible to see how God orchestrated it and that he gives us windows and glimpses into how he created our body to work. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of an incredible um, benefit as well to natural family planning. Yeah. So I, I have my, my next question here. And, and like we kind of talked about before the show, you know, Mark and I are just some of the questions we're just flat clueless. So if bros. you if you don't <laughs> know okay. if you don't know that's fine as long as we can at the end of the show we'll we'll point people through you yeah, to the we'll, right we'll we'll all get educated but yeah. okay so say I'm a female uh, and I've been on I've been doing the fem or I'm a, another female and I've been doing the birth control what and I, I decide hey I'm ready to have a baby um, mm-hmm. what is the time frame from between, uh, you know, doing the FEM program to birth control to where you have the higher probability of um, becoming pregnant. Yeah. So, um, so with FEM, the awesome thing is you you learn so much about how your body's functioning and when you're fertile and when you're not. Um, that the the day you decide you would like to start trying to have a child, it it automatically transfers over to that. You know mm. what I mean? Like you don't have to do anything different except have intercourse at different times. Right. And so, right. um, there's not really any, like, like I wouldn't say any planning or preparation when you're using FEM. Um, it's just it kind of changing your mindset to, okay, I'm, I'm no longer, um, trying to prevent this at all. I'm trying to accomplish this. And so it's just kind of changing your mindset. Whereas with, um, hormonal contraception, uh, or birth control. Um, it's different for every woman. Um, and there's no way really to know how long it's going to take your body to, um, to stop. Uh, like I mentioned right at the beginning, um, that birth control essentially makes your normal natural hormone hormones dormant and it just suppresses them all and replaces them with these artificial synthetic hormones. Mm -hmm. And so there's no way for a woman to know how long it's going to take for her real natural hormones to pick back up where they left off and be able to be healthy again. And so it might just be a month. It might be six months. Um, It might take a couple years. It's just, you have no way of really knowing that. Right. So whereas with FEM, again, it's, um, if you're, if you've been tracking your cycle, there's no like, and not at all to say that it'll happen the very first time or the very, you know, or the second time that you try, but there's, excuse me, there's not that like waiting period of just not knowing what's going on in your body. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a male, obviously. Uh, (laughs) I, uh, you know, obviously I know, um, kind of when my, my wife's cycle is, but as a male, uh, at, at what point, if I'm wanting to, uh, me and my wife are wanting to have children, uh, at what point do I actually, you know, do the deed, <laughs> uh, to, to have my best chances? Yeah. Did so, you just say do the so, deed? I, I did. Do the deed. <laughs> Sow wow. the corn seed. <laughs> we, that's called sex, Fuller. <laughs> I, I understand that. 
Sorry, I he had to. He was homeschooled. We got to cut him some. I was homeschooled oh, with the K. Um, called out. Go for it, Sarah. Go, for, go ahead, Sarah. So yeah, so essentially, there's uh, there's kind of this. Um, I don't want to say formula, but there's like I mentioned earlier, there's different biomarkers that women look for to know what at what point they're at in their cycle, and so. Um, you can tell women can tell if they're trained and they know what they're looking for um, the few days that they're considered fertile. And so if you want to have a baby, you would look for those specific biomarkers of when she's fertile. And um, it's usually a span of about three to five days of fertility um, with the peak day or typically the last day of um, fertile cervical mucus being mm-hmm. the the point of highest probability of getting pregnant or achieving pregnancy. And so she would be looking for, but she would also know if she had been charting for a while, she would know kind of um, what point that comes in her cycle. And so um, w- at that point would be the highest probability of achieving um, conception or achieving pregnancy um, if that was the objective. Um, and that's typically uh, around day 14, but mm-hmm. we also look for a lot more specific things than just guessing a, like a number of day. Right. You know what I mean? We're looking for those biomarkers. So um, when her cervical mucus is the most fluid and um, uh, like the most easily transferable for sperm, that's right. the, the easiest day for her to get pregnant. Okay. So yeah, obviously we're, I mean... If you haven't figured out by now, listeners, that uh, we're talking about sex and, and having children or or planning on having children. But my next question would be, uh, and a lot of these are, are just curiosity questions for me because, like I said, I had never heard of, of Femme before. And um, yeah. I, I was kind of like you you were talking about in, uh, in uh, high school and college early years, and you just assumed that, hey, get married and, and birth control. And... I mean, mm-hmm. that's what my wife has always done is we've done birth control and um, I'd never really questioned it before. So this is all new to me. But as a sure. husband, uh, how can I support my wife best on on u- utilizing the FEM program? Yeah, so um, I, I would say a few different ways. So one would be um, attending a class with her. If she wants to learn, um, it is super helpful like I know for me, uh, Brian didn't attend um, the first class with me, but mm-hmm. once I started getting interested in teaching it, he was all about like, um, do you have flashcards that we can go over? Like, how can I help you study for all of this and all of that? Oh, that's a and good so, man. Um, yeah, yeah. And so just that support and um, like knowing this is not just a woman decision, right? This is right. not just a wife decision. This is a, a couple's decision to make together. And I think that's huge. That's, that's super important. Mm. So just having that support of like, Hey, I'm interested in learning more about this. Would you be interested in it? Maybe let's find a class together. Um, and like I do free introductory classes, um, uh, just to help people kind of get their feet wet and start understanding a little bit more about it. So even just, um, you know, maybe finding one of those to get connected with. And then, uh, and then just, you know, being willing to learn alongside her and, um, and just supporting her in that would be huge um, and, and necessary if this is the route that you decide to go. Right. Um, and then it, there's really a necessity of, of her tracking her cycle every evening. So just sitting down for a minute. We have Fem has a really great app. Um, it's a free app that you can, um, you can download and just um, it's, it's quick to input the information, but mm-hmm. even just maybe um, – setting a reminder on her phone to be, to remember to do that or reminding her yourself, you know, or whatever, um, just so that she knows that she's supported in that. And, um, and that you don't just see it as a, a, her responsibility, you know what I mean? Because it's, uh, it's really both and. Mm. Okay, Sarah. So I know we're getting close to the time, but I have two big questions for you. So here we go. I got a practical question and then an ethical question. So, sure. so here's my practical one. Okay. So how do you work with a person who has taken birth control since they were probably like a teenager to regulate their cycles? Mm-hmm. 
How do you work with someone who has done that and now is saying, I want to try this natural thing, but I don't know what to expect? Sure. Yeah, that happens frequently, actually. Um, so it, like I said, it can take a lot of time sometimes. Um, so once she's, once she's off of hormonal contraception, we encourage her to just start charting right away. Um, go to a class, figure out what biomarkers you're looking for, what kinds of things you need to be charting. And just really dedicate yourself to um, doing it well and learning it well. And then, um, you know, it might it might take a while. It might take um, months. It might take up to a year or so. Um, but really, the point is just for us to walk with her through that process of learning and transitioning and uh, from birth control to a more natural method. And so that's really what the fem educators are here for. Um, so, so there's a community of support through that process. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. All right. Yeah. So here's the ethical question. You ready? So I'm ready. So we all will agree. I mean, we're all believers. We're all Christians. We're, we're, we're people of the book. So we all believe that I, sorry, I had to fuller. So, <laughs> so we believe that kids are a gift from God, right? Like no one would disagree mm -hmm. with that. God is the one who, well, okay. Maybe not all kids are a gift. Some <laughs> kids are a test <laughs> and a trial, but my two kids are wonderful gifts. Um, but they're also not teenagers yet. So I don't know yet. So, but, but kids are a gift from God. So here's my ethical question. Um, should we even be doing FEM since it has the same results as birth control for us dictating when we have kids and when we don't? Whoa. Yeah, that, that's that a lot. Is, Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. And um, honestly, one that I've, uh, that I've wrestled with a little bit. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I have found anything in scripture that, that says clearly one way or the other, like you said, uh, we know that children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. And we embrace that, right. Yeah. Um, for sure. We also know that life begins at conception. It begins in the womb. Um, according to Psalm 139, that God has, um, planned that life from, from, you know, the time they are in the womb. And so, um, on those, in those areas, um, I would say like, yes, children are to be loved and accepted no matter if you planned for them or not. Right. Um, however, I also, um, don't see anything that would, um, that would necessarily dictate us away from, um, a responsible planning, uh, for our families. Uh, now if that, I would say if it involved like, um, abortion or taking a life or anything like that. Certainly, we know that that is not God's heart. Right. Um, there's there's healing and there's forgiveness if that's in someone's story for sure. But, um, but I I also I just look at um, at a few different things. So, so we we plan for things like retirement, right? I mean, typically, if you're in ministry, maybe not. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just because but, we well, um, okay, okay, I actually do, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's but a little it's, harder sometimes. You're right? a pastor's but, wife. So you get it. Wait, Sarah's a pastor's wife. Ministry people can buy into right. stocks right now and be okay. <laughs> They're cheap. Double down. <laughs> right. But, but, so, but yes, yeah, so we plan for retirement. We, right. We plan for things, right? Um, we plan for retirement. We plan for buying a house. We plan for the big decisions. And so I don't, I don't necessarily see that there's anything wrong with, um, with, planning for a family when you, you know, when you're doing it in a way that's not taking a life, but, um, but simply planning for, you know, maybe, um, the right timing, um, and that kind of thing. Um, however, I also applaud the, the people who decide, no, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do any of these methods. I'm just gonna keep right? popping them out as fast as I can. Right, exactly. And I know people that that is that is part of their story and and that's awesome too. Um I but I just wouldn't say um that I found anything that would make me feel um morally or ethically uh or or scripturally um bad about utilizing a natural method of planning for a family. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I would I think I I personally agree with everything you just said. Oh, I, me too. Yeah. I, yeah. So, I mean, we just want to hear the expert's opinion because we are men and we have not had to push a baby out. <laughs> you so, could become experts though. That's, that's what I this, want you to know. This is true, but, 
there's something special that women have that men can never have. No matter how many things they a brain, cut and, well, that too, and a heart. <laughs> but and a uterus. Uh, ah, there it is. That's the big one. <laughs> no matter how many cuts we do, we will never have one. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was a bad joke. Anyways, <laughs> so my my personal final question that I have for you, because we don't want to keep you on too too much longer, but uh, for we have a lot of young listeners, a lot of high school, college age kids that are listening mm-hmm. to our podcast uh, faithfully every week. Um, what would your advice be to those who are not married yet, but eventually plan to be married and have a family? Yeah, I would say it's certainly um, do some research. Um, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with just um, even, even if it's research like personal. Like I talked to my parents. Um, before I ever got married, um, mostly my mom, but, um, I was just like, Hey, what, what is going on here with, uh, like birth control and all of that. And she mm-hmm. had some pretty frank conversations with me. And, um, and I appreciated that, um, cause she really helped point me in, uh, what I believe is the right direction, uh, as well. Um, but also fem has an awesome, um, an awesome class called teen fem, like teenager mm-hmm. fem. And it's, um, focuses a lot more on, um, just the hormones and, um, it's, it's specifically for young women. Um, but it focuses on their hormones and, and what they're going through, um, just in puberty and all of that. And it's a great starting point. I've had moms do it with their daughters before, and that's awesome. Cause it really just opens up conversation and, um, and just, you know, starting to even think about, uh, what might be next. Right. And uh, what direction they want to go when they do decide to get married and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that can be a really helpful resource as well. I like it. So, Sarah, where can people find out more about FEM? Yeah, if they uh, go to femhealth.org, I'm double checking myself right now because I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, Yeah, femhealth.org. Uh, would be would be the place to to get more information about about fem in general and um, and then if they want to contact me I don't know if you're able to to put my email or anything in the show we notes can do whatever whatever, 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 whatever you, you give want. us permission <laughs> yeah yep that would be that would be awesome if you have if they have specific questions um, and just want to shoot me an email that's that's totally an option too but femhealth.org will give um, some really good information and just some background, more background on FEM and just what they're all about. Um, and then, yeah, you can contact me as well. No, that's super cool. And then for the teenage FEM, is that on FEM.org as well, just on the the various pages? Yeah, yeah, you'd be able to find it there. Um, it's going to be under uh, like their, their different um, classes that they offer, I believe. Okay. So. No, that's super cool. Thanks for that. Yeah. So I do want to challenge if it, I know there's at least one listener specific who they, they actually wrote to us and, and kind of mentioned this and it was kind of cool. And, um, and when I mentioned, yeah, we're gonna be talking about this specific topic. They were like, Oh, this is awesome. This is great. Cause I have like, I'm engaged looking to get married. So I want to challenge the people who do have questions hit Sarah up. I mean, Sarah, this is something that you obviously are passionate about. You're knowledgeable. You're a strong believer, all these different things. So if there are people out there, don't be scared to reach out. She gave you guys permission, people. And if for some reason you can't uh, find her email in the show notes, go ahead and contact Real Talk Christian Podcast at gmail.com and we will get you that information. I love it. I love it. So Sarah, before we let you go, though, is there anything else you would like to say about this topic that we may have missed? Um, you know what? I, I think we, uh, we covered so much that, um, there's, and there's still so much to cover. Um, but I just want to reiterate again, just, uh, how incredible it is the way that God created our bodies, um, and just, um, how, how intricately it works. And it's such a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing to be able to get a glimpse into that and just see how, um, incredible our designer and our creator is. And, um, and just be able to kind of um, and see his hand at work in all of that. And so uh, that's been one of the coolest things for me about FEM and uh, something that I hope to pass on um, to anyone else who, who takes the class and 
and and hears about it as well. So I love it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it was great having you on, Sarah. Thanks for being on with us and agreeing. Yeah, thank you for having me. But we can't let you go yet, though, Sarah. Not yet. Because, you see, you already had your time for a fun fact. And I know you're a listener, so you know what's coming. But Fuller, do you have a fun fact for us today? I definitely have a fun fact. I've had one every... Is Janelle pregnant? No. <sighs> no. That's... She would kill me right now. <laughs> we have three under three. She would kill Sorry, me. Sorry, whoever eardrum I just busted <laughs> laughing really loud. Sorry, I just was a fun fact. <laughs> right at number four. Woo! I was, I was hoping. Yeah, but. she would be horrified with me <laughs> at this time. I'd be sleeping here at your house, so. <laughs> but I, I mean, you can sleep in my couch, I guess, but. Anyways, anywho, so. The, what you got for us, the bro? The fun fact for today. Mark, did you know a sheep? A duck and a rooster were the first passengers in a hot air balloon. Wait, wait, wait. Say a sheep? A sheep, a, a duck, duck, and a rooster. Okay. Yeah, you heard me right. In 1783, the first hot air balloon was launched carrying a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. The flight lasted for eight minutes before landing safely with its passengers. That's the fun fact of the day. <laughs> That's a very random and hilarious and yeah. fun yeah. Fun fact, like I mean, it's fun of, facts with Fuller's, right? Kind of a fun fact, but uh, yeah, it's it's not one of my better ones, but I still enjoyed it. It made me chuckle, so that's all that matters. It's still fun. <laughs> it's it was a, it was a good time. But Sarah, thank you again so, much, you so for, much for joining us. Um, encourage you listeners reach out to her if you do have any questions. Um, but make sure you hit us up on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, Apple Podcasts as well, specifically Apple Podcasts. We'd love for you guys to leave us a rating and review. And honestly, share this episode with people who you think would need to be able to hear it. Definitely. And if you have any other further questions for Mark and I, hit us up at realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com. But not about this topic. But this one, we'll just refer you to Sarah. We'll, re so. we'll refer you to Sarah. But seriously, Sarah, thank you <laughs> thank again. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Awesome. Well, hey, guys, until next time. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Real Talk Christian. To help get our podcast into the ears of other people who need to hear these conversations, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. To keep the conversations going, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and share our content with others. See you next time.